Ever thought about owning a piece of history? Introducing the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. On this episode of Newt's World, according to a recent Gallup poll from October 2023, support for a third-party candidate is up to 63%. This represents a 7 percentage point increase from a year ago and is the highest since Gallup first asked the question in 2003. And in national polling, the majority of registered voters think the United States is on the wrong track. No Labels is working to ensure Americans have the choice to vote for a presidential ticket that features strong, effective, and honest leaders who will commit to working closely with both parties to find common-sense solutions to America's biggest problems. No Labels has proposed, quote, a unity ticket for 2024. Here to talk about their national polling results and the latest update on the No Labels unity ticket, I'm really pleased to welcome my guest, Ryan Clancy. Chief Strategist of No Labels. Ryan, welcome, and thank you for joining me on Newt's World. Thanks for having me. What drew you into the No Labels Project? Well, I've been with No Labels in some capacity for about a decade. I actually came up in democratic politics. So I was at the DSCC in 2006 when Schumer was there. I should say that's the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee. Yes. When I was a speechwriter for then Vice President Biden, among others, I never saw people who were Republicans as my enemy. I really believed in my bones when I looked historically as to how change happens. You need people from both sides of the aisle. I mean, in the early days of No Labels, we always used to reference the budget deals that you and President Clinton did in the 90s and the things that Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan did in the 80s, where you had people who were proudly conservative or liberal, but recognized nobody gets to be king for a day and you got to work together to achieve things. The various things we did, the only four consecutive balanced budgets in your lifetime, welfare reform, capital gains, tax cuts, Medicare reform, all of that required some ability to get in the same room. And Clinton and I, on the balanced budget, for example, I think we figured out one time we'd spent 35 days face-to-face just talking and analyzing and brainstorming 
trying to figure out how to get there. There's an interesting book called The Pact by a professor at Duke who points out that if it hadn't been for the Lewinsky affair, that we actually, the president and I, had actually developed a program to move on both Medicare and Social Security in a totally bipartisan way. And I think it always shocks people that given the current tensions, that you could, in fact, get an amazing amount done if you were willing for both sides to have some equity in what you were doing. So no labels of, I remember, really started as a congressional and particularly a House-based caucus of people on both sides who just want to try to figure out a way to break out of the stalemate. Yes. To the extent people knew us at any point in the last 10 years, we helped create this House Problem Solvers Caucus which is, you know, Democrats, Republicans. A good way to think about it conceptually is the folks on the right are organized. That's the Freedom Caucus. You got the folks on the left. That's the Progressive Caucus. Nobody had ever really came along and tried to organize people in between them. And that's what we did. And then we connected them with a lot of our allies in the Senate, like Susan Collins and Bill Cassidy and Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. And as dysfunctional as Washington has been, to the extent they've got some things done, like that big infrastructure bill a couple of years ago, our allies have really been in the middle of that. Well, and one of the people I most admire is former Senator Joe Lieberman, and he was the founding chairman of No Labels. I mean, I think that by itself told you this was a serious, substantive effort because he's one of the most quality-oriented and one of the most decent people I've worked with in politics. He's a great man, and he's still with us today and very active. In fact, he was just on Fox talking about us yesterday. So he's out there flying the flag. That's given you sort of an anchor because Lieberman was always a Democrat, but a kind of a bipartisan Democrat in a way that a lot of people couldn't. So currently, what's the national leadership like for No Labels? So we've got four national co-chairs. We have Senator Lieberman. We have former Maryland Governor Larry Hogan. We've got former North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory. And Dr. Benjamin F. Chavis Jr., who used to be the executive director of the NAACP and was actually the youngest person to ever go to work for Dr. Martin Luther King. So those are our four national co-chairs. I mean, that's a pretty good achievement. We did a podcast a while back with Benjamin Chavis, and he's a very impressive person. You want to talk about somebody who really went to the mat for things he believed in. I mean, he spent almost a decade in jail in the 70s for a crime he didn't commit. And he came out of it amazingly, as a positive person. I found him to be very positive and very human when we did the podcast together. It was very exciting. We're very lucky to have him. Tell us about your polling. I gather you guys are pretty optimistic by what you're learning from the American people. Well, we're optimistic about the prospects of a unity ticket because the American people are so pessimistic. I mean, that, that's, why there's, <laughs> okay. that's why there's an opening. You noticed at the top, the Gallup polling showing about three in five Americans say they want a third party. Every which way we've asked the question over the course of the last two years, the main poll question we've asked is, if it were Trump and Biden in 24 and you had a choice to vote for a moderate independent, would you be open to voting for that independent? Anywhere from 59%, the first time we asked the poll, the latest reading is 63 have said yes. Now, the reason to us that's so notable is we know that somebody saying they're open to doing something doesn't mean they're going to do it. But when your ceiling is 63, you can lose a lot of those open to people and still have a winning plurality in a multi-candidate race. That's right, because if you have Biden and Trump and a third no labels candidate, 35 or 40 percent could win. Yes, yes. What kind of reaction are you getting in terms of state by state, are there places you would say you're really strong 
and places you haven't penetrated yet? We are strong everywhere. We've been working with a signature gathering firm that's been doing this for decades. They get signatures for referendum and all kinds of ballot initiative. They said this is one of the easiest signatures they've ever tried to get. In fact, just last week, we cleared the million signature threshold. So we've now gathered, since we started a couple of years ago, over a million signatures in our petitions across the country. We are on the ballot already in 12 states. We'll be active or on the ballot in 27 by the end of this year. And I want to emphasize, because when we say 12, people might say, well, you know, that means you got a lot to go. There's some states that don't even let you start the process to get on the ballot until next year. So anytime there's an opening, we're in. You know, for context, Ross Perot didn't even start gathering signatures until the spring of 92 for his race. So we're pretty far ahead of the curve, and we think we're hitting all our marks in terms of ballot access. Correct me if I'm wrong. I have a sense that the systematic opposition to you getting on the ballot is much greater than Perot faced. Yes. We had the benefit of flying under the radar for about a year where the party establishment sort of ignored us. And then they started to recognize, gee, this is a real thing. And so the Arizona Democratic Party sued us and the Democratic Secretary of State a couple months ago, they lost that suit. And so we expect to see more of this. This is really the political equivalent of like, I walk into a grocery store, drop a banana peel in front of my foot and slip, and then I sue the grocery store. So they're not good lawsuits, but we know they're going to keep doing this to just throw sand in the gears and make our life difficult. Have you had trouble raising the money just to survive the legal fights? No, because we knew this was coming. So we did a lot of fundraising early on. We've got everything we need to get on the ballot, to fend off all the legal challenges we know we're going to get. We feel very confident we've got everything we need to get on the ballot. I read Mark Halperin's Wide World of News every morning, and Halperin keeps making the point that Robert Kennedy Jr. is an interesting media phenomenon, but doesn't have the resources to get on the ballot as an independent candidate. And that you all are the only people who've actually been doing the legwork at the basic grassroots level to actually be able to field a candidate. It is a lot of work. Every state has these very arcane and idiosyncratic procedures for how you get on the ballot. They get all these different timelines. Some states you can get signatures anywhere. Some you got to get them from certain counties. So you really have to have an organized operation. As far as we've seen, neither Cornell West or Robert F. Kennedy Jr. look to be seriously pursuing ballot access at this point. That doesn't mean they won't, but it's a steep hill to climb. And you represent a peculiar threat. I just read today, Ben Dominich was writing a column that the Florida Democratic Party has ruled that nobody else can be on the ballot except Biden. And so literally they are closing out the primaries because they're so frightened that the numbers you're describing mean that he could, in fact, face some very embarrassing primaries. But all that does is push people towards you. Well, you know, I think we see on both sides, as you pointed out, the Democratic Party, despite the fact that more than half of Democrats, let alone just, you know, independents or Republicans, more than half of Democrats want somebody other than Biden. They've closed off any possibility of competition, no debates. They've changed around the primary calendar. As you noted last week, Florida is working to keep Dean Phillips, who's the only primary challenger off the ballot. You know, on the Republican side at the state level, they've done a lot of things to clear the decks for Trump too. There's a lot of state Republican parties, for example, that have changed their delegate selection rules to be winner take all, which of course is better for a front runner. So on the one hand, I understand why people think 
historically independents can't get a lot of traction. On the other hand, when both parties are doing everything in their power to force a choice on the public that most of them don't want, why should it surprise anybody that some viable competition is emerging? I've always been a strong believer in the importance of investing wisely. That's why I've personally invested in Legacy Precious Metals. At Legacy Precious Metals, they're not leaving your financial future to chance. They're on a mission to help you secure your financial future post-retirement. In partnership with them, I'm thrilled to announce the launch of the Newt Gingrich contract with America Coin. This limited edition coin is made of one ounce of 99.99% fine silver, commemorating the historic moment when Against all odds, we balance the budget for the last time in U.S. history. This coin isn't just an investment. It's a piece of our nation's history. And now you can own it. As the holiday season approaches, it's the perfect gift. You can purchase yours today by calling 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or order online at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Christmas is coming, and it's never too early to think about what would make the perfect gift for your children or grandchildren. This Christmas, I recommend you order Ellis the Elephant 7-Book Series and Plush Toy from our Gingrich 360 store. Ellis the Elephant teaches children lessons of America's founding and what makes our country exceptional. It's the perfect Christmas gift for little patriots. Order your 7-Book Series and Plush Toy today by going to Gingrich360.com store. That's Gingrich360.com store. series of articles for the American Spectator going back to 1960 and how did we get to where we are today. And I was really surprised in looking at the 68 race that Wallace, far beyond just representing kind of the racist South, but Wallace suddenly was an alternative 
for blue-collar workers. I think he got something like 55% of the white steel workers in Chicago because they didn't want to vote for a regular Republican like Nixon. They weren't going to vote for Humphrey, who they saw as too liberal. And all of a sudden, here comes this guy who sounds like a genuine populist, and he's the high watermark for winning electoral votes for any third-party candidate since, I think, Theodore Roosevelt. I was struck by it because when you squeeze out the voters' right to choose, they very often find an outlet you didn't expect. And so, in a sense, the two parties may be creating a no-labels alternative much bigger than it would be normally if they allowed really healthy competition inside the parties. Well, unfortunately, the party establishment, they've kind of had a choice. When they saw some of these competition emerging, they could have said, well, maybe we should address the underlying problem for why voters are abandoning us in the first place. They didn't choose that route. Instead, they said, let's just close ranks and let's just do everything we can to keep away competition. And the public doesn't like that, unsurprisingly. Americans do not like being told who can be on the ballot, who you can vote for. If we all believe in democracy, that means we decide who's on the ballot and who we vote for. From your perspective and all the polling you've done, what are the three or four key issues which require a centrist solution that you think are at the forefront of the American people's thinking? Well, so I think one huge one undoubtedly is immigration. Part of the reason that I think there's such an opening, if you go back to 1992 with Ross Perot, I think you could argue Clinton and Bush Sr. were comparatively center-right, center-left figures. And there seems to be a much bigger opening today where what the major party nominees are going to offer the public is very far from what they want. So you take something like immigration, right now as a voter, these are basically your choices. Former President Trump said the other day, if he is elected, one of the ways he deal with undocumented immigrants is to round them up put them into camps and deport them. That is not where most voters are. They want a secure border. They don't want that. On the other hand, if you go with President Biden, you're voting for the person who has overseen the most significant increase in unauthorized border crossings in American history. So your choices are immigrants in camps or open borders. That's not where most voters are. They want a secure border, but they want immigrants treated humanely. And oh, by the way, they like legal immigrants. They recognize that legal immigration is a source of strength for this country. So that's an issue. I think another issue is the fiscal situation. For a long time, Americans didn't care about the budget deficit because they didn't have to. Why should I care about the budget when I can go get a mortgage for 3% and you know inflation is under control? In the polling, we're seeing voters are now making that connection between the fact that, gee, the fact that a mortgage is 8% and a box of cereal is $9 is connected to the fact that the spending in Washington has reached an unsustainable level. So I think that's one. Crime is going to be another huge issue. So we actually released, Mr. Speaker, over the summer, a booklet called Common Sense. It's actually intentionally named after the famous Thomas Paine booklet. And in there, we've got 30 ideas, and this is based on all our polling and modeling, that we think pretty fairly represents where most of the country wants to go on most issues. Okay, and I assume that's all available online. It is. So where would people go to get Common Sense? CommonSenseMajority.org. You can download it, PDF. If you want to get a fancier copy, you can get it on Amazon. I like that. CommonSense.org. Okay. I'm a big believer in branding and in language. I think you probably have a home run on that particular one. Well, Common Sense speaks to, you look at focus groups, and we've done a lot of them. 
people's biggest frustration. It's the absence of common sense that just drives them crazy. They cannot understand how people in Washington behave. Having been in Washington, I can appreciate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you can too. Some days you just kind of want to tear your hair out. The founding fathers' greatest fear was dictatorship. And so they consciously designed a constitution so complicated that volunteers could barely get it to work. And that every day we prove that they have built this extraordinarily inefficient machine, which grinds slowly, but has lasted pretty well for 250 years. To what extent, based on your polling, in an alternative world, you suddenly had the governor of California or somebody else rather than Biden, and you suddenly had somebody other than Trump as the Republican nominee, to what extent would that draw the discontent away and weaken the no labels approach? I think there would be less of an opening. The source of no labels opening right now is the profound disapproval that the Americans have with the choices both parties are giving them. If both parties gave them better choices, I feel pretty certain saying that would start to close off our path. I'll give you just one example. We've done a lot of polling as well as modeling, where now you're taking polling and mapping it against the actual voter file in every single state. And there's a big universe of voters, for example, about 20 million of them that we characterize as like Trump's policies, but don't like and and don't want to vote for Trump. Those voters are in play for a unity ticket if Trump is the Republican nominee. If he's not, then those voters probably go home and just vote for the standard issue Republican. They'll be happy enough with their choice, probably. Hmm. Do you see the same thing on the Democratic side? I watched the debate the other night between the governor of California and Florida. I thought it was very, very interesting that the governor of California, who keeps saying, I am not a candidate, and I'm going to campaign in all 50 states for Biden telling you I am not a candidate. But it struck me that he wouldn't mind becoming a candidate. Yes. He's doing a lot of things that you don't have to do as the governor of California. Let's put it that way. He wrote a book when he was the mayor, I think, called Citizenville, which I recommend to people. It's a very smart, interesting book on the application of technology to enable citizens to help government work. He's an interesting guy, obviously dramatically more liberal than I am. Are you going to go for all 50 states or do you have sort of a priority list or how do you see this evolving? So the way this works is no labels will get on the ballot in 34 states. The reason we will only do 34 states is those are the states that basically allow you to get a placeholder. So you can just get a ballot line and then you can come in and fill it in later. The remaining 16 states plus D.C. are states that either, one, require you to have a named candidate, or two, it just has a threshold that's much easier to get on the ballot. So, for example, instead of requiring 50,000 signatures, which no labels would need, maybe you need 5,000 as a candidate. So the plan would be no labels will get the 34 states. If we put up a unity ticket next year, that ticket would take those final 16 states plus D.C. over the finish line. So in the end, they would be competing in all 50 plus D.C. Are places the size of New York and California particularly difficult? Yes. There are some states you need a couple hundred thousand. There are some states you need a couple thousand. As I noted, there are some states you can get signatures from anywhere. There's some you got to get it from certain sized counties. So each state is its own animal, but we've got a plan for everyone. That's amazing.
Throughout history, there are clear moments that define our nation's path, and now you can own a piece of that history. I am thrilled to announce the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition, one-ounce silver coin commemorates the historic victory in 1994 when the Republican Party, under my leadership, took control of Congress. The Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin also symbolizes the transformative political platform that led to landmark achievements like the overhaul of the welfare system and the Balanced Budget Act. This holiday season, give the gift of history. The Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin is more than an investment. It's a tribute to honest government and to America. Available to order right now by calling 866-484-4043. That's 866-484-4043. Or order online at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. To what extent is your publication, Common Sense, kind of the beginning of a platform? That's the perfect way to describe it. It is the beginning of a platform. So we very specifically didn't design it as like a fully fleshed out candidate platform because we want to give the candidate space to color in the line. So, for example, when we talk about the nature of the fiscal situation, We very clearly lay out the drivers of the problem in some directional solutions, but we don't then therefore say, and the corporate tax rate should be this and the retirement age should be that, because you got to give the candidate the flexibility to do that. So what we were striving for with common sense is enough direction where people have a sense for where we got to go, but to leave some wiggle room for the details for a candidate to fill in. Walk us through the calendar as you see it right now, as next year begins to unfold. So no labels will sometime after the new year start to release the details on how we would pick a ticket. And then what we'll do is sometime after March 15th, we'll make the determination for whether we put up a ticket, whether we offer our ballot line to a ticket and who we would put on it. The reason that we're waiting till after March 15th is we have described this as this effort 
from the beginning as an insurance policy, as we were just talking about a couple minutes ago. If there's not an opening, if one or both parties put up viable alternatives, we're not going to force it. We have no interest in fueling a spoiler ticket. But if there is an opening after March 15th, we'll put up a ticket. In essence, if both Biden and Trump are on the way to the nomination, then the very nature of that binary choice leads people to want a third choice. Look, it's always possible the public could feel very different about one or both of them four or five months from now. I doubt it. But certainly if they feel about the two presumptive nominees the way they do today, we see an opening. You have basically an opportunity to create an independent unity ticket. How will you go about that? How will that acquire legitimacy? We're still working through that. And the reason we're doing that is because there's just so many different ways we can do it. We had at one point considered doing an in-person convention. At some point next year, we decided we need more flexibility. So we're going to have some kind of virtual process, the details of which we'll have, again, shortly after the new year. One of the things that some of the critics have come after us just in the last week or two, Thomas Edsel, who I'm sure you know in the New York Times, he wrote a piece criticizing us for not adhering to the legitimacies and safeguards of the primary process, to which I'd say, do you mean the same primary process that is going to produce maybe the two most unpopular presidential candidates in modern American history? The primaries, as they're constructed today, we would argue, are much closer to the source of our problem than the solution. Barely a quarter of voters even show up in these primaries. If you go back to 2016, for example, last time we had competitive primaries on both sides, between them, Trump and Hillary only got 30 million votes. Well, there's 160 million you know, registered voters in this country. So basically, those 30 million decided for the rest of us, here's your two choices. Well, a lot of people didn't think those were the two best choices for the country. So the primary process, not just at the presidential level, as you know, it's producing really bad outcomes in the House and in the Senate. So we make no apologies about bypassing that very dysfunctional process, which makes it impossible oftentimes to get candidates that speak to a broad majority of voters. How do you validate your legitimacy? We know we're going to have some kind of process where we have members across the country. They'll be providing input. We're going to be doing focus groups. And in the end, we'll use that input to get to a good place. But will there then be like a small committee that will anoint a ticket? There could be. But Mr. Speaker, I'm not being coy here. We just are still working on it. And we'll have the details shortly after the new year. I've thought about from your perspective, on the one hand, you have people like Joe Manchin who are sort of available. But on the other hand, you could imagine going to a pure outsider ticket that had very successful people who are well-known, but they weren't part of the Washington deal. Yeah, we're going to have a wide open process. There will be some recognizable political figures in that process. There will be people from outside. That's part of the reason, as I mentioned, we're going to get a lot of incoming from our community. We're going to be doing focus groups. And again, that's part of the reason we want to wait because we do think that as we go along and we get more ballot access and the vulnerabilities of Trump and Biden become more apparent, there may be some people who emerge that aren't you know, on our radar today, but suddenly think there's an opening here four or five months from now. It must be at one level, both frustrating and exhilarating. It is. Look, we have studied all the past independent candidacies and we know all the reasons why they haven't worked historically. It is no question. It's an uphill fight. But on the other hand, 
when you look at the polling we've seen that you've seen, and then when you just talk to anybody you know, if you know anybody who's happy about a Trump-Biden rematch, I'd like to meet them because that's the first person I'll have met who feels that way. If not now, when? There's lots of moments in American history where the conventional wisdom was, this can never work, this can never happen until it did. Not as it relates to an independent, but even if you think about the last couple of years, 2016, all the people that said Trump could never win. 2022, all the people who said the red wave was coming. I'm sure, as you remember well, all the people in 1979 were saying, man, this washed up ex-actor from California can never win the presidency. And then he did. I think one of the things all of us could use in the political system a little more is a bit more humility about what we don't know. The only thing we know with certainty today is that the public really doesn't like their choices and they are hungry for other choices. And we're getting the ballot so that choice is available if voters want it next year. Now, do you actually have membership? We do. We have very active chapters all across the country. We have state level co-chairs. We have people who give money to the movement. We have people who take action on behalf of the movement. So we're active on Capitol Hill. They're writing members of Congress and calling them. And as I said, a million people have now signed No Labels petition. That's a pretty strong validator of the appetite for this right there. I assume you have all those in your database now. We do. We've spent a lot of resources in building out a voter file to identify these kinds of voters in the same way that the major parties have that same kind of database that lets them target and turn out their base voters. I encourage everybody who's listening to go to nolabels.org, and from there they can get your platform. You got it. If you believe in the great strength of a democracy, being open to all of its people, having ideas, and all of its people having an opportunity to provide leadership, then what you're doing is totally in the American tradition. I appreciate you're taking the time to talk with us because I think as we get deeper into the year, people are going to be really interested in exactly what No Labels is all about. And Ryan, I think that you've given us a good initial introduction. And I'm very grateful. And we will continue to follow you. And when you get the candidates and things are totally lined up, we could have them come and also talk with us and share with our listeners. We'd love to do that. Thank you very much for having me. Ryan, I want to thank you for joining me. And the national polling No Labels continues to do is really fascinating. And I want to recommend to all of our listeners that they can go to nolabels.org and to commonsensemajority.org, first for the whole organization and the common sense for the booklet that tells what their core platform is. Thanks, Mr. Speaker. Thank you to my guest, Ryan Clancy. You can learn more about No Labels on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newtsworld is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Garnsey Sloan, and our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newtsworld, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcast and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com slash newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World. Ever thought about owning a piece of history? 
Introducing the Newt Gingrich Contract with America coin from Legacy Precious Metals. My limited edition silver coin celebrates the historic Republican victory in 1994, marking a turning point in American politics. Give a gift with real historical weight this season. Order now at NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. That's NewtGingrichSilverCoin.com. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.